Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Just just waiting to take off for uh, another road game tomorrow yeah. morning. Uh, first one in a little while. Obviously, first ACC road game coming up this weekend. Miami heading to Blacksburg, Virginia to face Virginia Tech, a game that at the start of every year, you always expect could have major implications in the ACC and the Coastal in particular. Um, two first-year coaches this year, so I think there was a, a little bit of uncertainty, but now it's a battle two and three teams. Um, not quite the luster uh, you expect from a Miami-Virginia Tech game, uh, 12-30 kickoff, but still expect to be a uh, sold-out crowd there at Lane Stadium. Um, it'll be a tough environment for Miami and, you know, they're two and three. They haven't led in five weeks, as you uh, mentioned in, in the advance that you wrote, which you can check out at MiamiHerald.com or uh, in the Friday paper. Um, so Miami obviously coming off a three point loss to North Carolina, kind of a little bit of a heartbreaking loss. It looked like they were going to recover that onside kick. Uh, didn't get the chance, though, with Al Blades Jr. Yeah. stepping out of bounds uh, right before making an almost spectacular play. Um, and so here we are. Miami, it certainly is a better vibe, I would say, right now than it was after that middle Tennessee game where um, it, it looked like Miami could be headed toward like an awful, awful season. You know, a you know, miss a bowl game, win four games kind of season. Um I think what Miami at least showed on Saturday is that um, they're they're not that team we saw against Middle Tennessee. They're they're better than that team, and in this Coastal Division, which is not good, um, they should be right in the thick of every game if they play the way they did um, on Saturday. Uh, but at the same time, we're we're talking yes. about a, a two and three team here that um, now has an uphill climb if they want to win the Coastal Division. Obviously, yeah. trailing North Carolina by a game. Um, with the tiebreaker in the Tar Heels' favor, uh, so better. Right. The, the mood is better than it was a week ago when we last talked, but um, still not great. Yeah, I mean it's, but it's, it's definitely better. At least oh in yeah, my it could have it would have been hard for it to be worse. I guess we should say also. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, in my estimation, um, I don't know. I. I didn't have a good feeling for that before uh, the North Carolina game. And of course they lost, but um, I, this game, I, at Virginia tech at Virginia tech, by the way, is, is, uh, is two and four. Sorry, two and four, two losing records. I I meant to say. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, but they're getting some players back also, you know, and uh I have a much better feeling personally after talking to the players and talking to coaches, I feel more confident that this team has not checked out. Not, not, not yet. I mean, this team hasn't checked out in my estimation. Let's see what happens on Saturday. Um, it's it, you're right. It, it is going to be a sold out crowd. It's the Virginia tech homecoming, which doesn't mean much, but, it doesn't really mean anything other than Virginia Tech always has a rowdy crowd right. and a very loyal fan base. And it'll be there. Right. Doing- For a two and four team, even at Virginia Tech, the crowd is not, you know, they're two and four. Like you're not expecting the greatest There's crowd in the world. Be- but because it's homecoming, it'll be packed out there. It, and a lot of. Packed. There's 
65,000 mm-hmm. or whatever, or six, 65,600 people. Um, and um, Lane Stadium is a tough, it's a very tough place to play. I mean, and they usually have decent games. Miami has won the last two games um, and the last game there, but that was during the COVID year. And, I, and yeah. as I put in my story, there were only a thousand people there because it was limited to a thousand fans. Um, that was just such a whole different year anyway. Yeah. So, um, but I, you know, uh, I, Miami, I feel as much, we don't have a quarterback controversy. It's, you know, it, it, it seems I, I feel like Miami's going to win this, but you know, that means very little. Yeah. Right, right now, Miami is just a normal kind of bad coastal team. Right. And for, for a little a minute there, we were thinking that it could have gotten pretty ugly with the, between the quarterback controversy um, an offense that just seemed to like be really bad at situational football, which is always kind of, you know, it was, in, a, in a lot of ways, it was Danny Enos's death here. And that was probably the last like awful. I know they, they made a bowl game that year, but that was obviously an awful season um, losing to multiple conference USA teams. Um, but for the most part, this is a team that has a, a lot of flaws. I think the, the best, the most, the biggest positive to come out of the week is that Tyler Van Dyke is still, you know, uh, some of the reason he threw for 400 yards is because uh, North Carolina's defense is not very good, but uh, we didn't see anything close to that in the first four weeks of the season. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we came on here and, and did the panic meter. Um, I don't remember. I don't, I wish I had written down the numbers we set for all of them, but maybe we should recalibrate it now. I think that, I think that's how we'll, we'll talk through this episode because things got really dire off the middle Tennessee <laughs> game, right? It was, um, one of the worst losses, not just in Miami history, but kind of one of like the most stunning losses anyone has had in college football in the last, I don't know, 20 years. Just the combination of both what was Miami, a 25-point favorite. Um, and, you know, the uh, big upsets happened, but the way that Miami kind of got like pounded in that game, uh, the combination was pretty jarring. So let's go, I, I guess we'll start with, Mario Cristobal. Um, and obviously anytime you lose to a conference USA team, it's unacceptable at Miami, right? Like well, I, I say it all the time uh, for a lot of people, Manny Diaz losing to FIUs. It was, there was no coming back from that. I don't think it's the same way with Mario Cristobal. Um, but David, yeah, I don't know what to do. From when you started talking about the, um, I don't know what to do either. From when you started talking about the panic, the okay. panic meters right, right. when it went down, you got right. you were oh, you couldn't hear a thing. Oh my god! And I have a message about you saying the bandwidth is David Wilson's bandwidth yeah, is something. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Well, we can. I'll just try. Try again from the panic. Yeah, meter. I'll start and from let's there. Let's do it short. Let's yep. do it short. Yep. All right. After the, uh, after the Middle Tennessee game, we came on here and, and set the panic meter. And I think we need to recalibrate it now. Um, not that Miami is yeah. – there's no reasons to worry about Miami, but I think they, they – like you mentioned, we were worried like it's how the history has gone at Miami. One loss can spiral a season. Um, and this early on in the year could have led to like a really, really bad year. Um, but I think they answered the bell for the most part. I think I said like I just want to see them play well against North Carolina. Um, I think they mostly did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
well, let's start with Tyler Van Dyke. We we said that we were both we didn't put the panic meter that high on Tyler Van Dyke. Um, I think because we knew it was very possible he was going to come right back against North Carolina and do something like that. Um, are we are we done worrying about Tyler Van Dyke this year? Um, I mean, I I am for now. I yeah. this year is a long time. Right, that's true. I, 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 I am definitely for now. I mean, it, de- it depends also on Josh Gaddis and the plays he calls and Tyler. Yeah, I mean, my, I, I just, I really wasn't looking forward to a quarterback controversy. And I think it helps it. It's not one. And yeah. Tyler does better in a, a real fast, like an up tempo, the no huddle, up tempo, quick, quick passing game, a lot of, you know, lot of passes so he can get in a rhythm but it's a little concerning that josh Gaddis. i mean josh gaddis doesn't want to pass as much. i understand that he doesn't want to pass more than 50 times a game yeah which tyler did but um i hope they let him you know pass yeah it's it's, not- it's the clear strength obviously still of this team so i played your strengths um so i wasn't yeah. there this weekend um out of town at a wedding and been up in New York now, uh, getting ready for the Panthers opener. Um, so, you know, obviously I, I paid attention to what happened. I saw a lot of the game. Um, but what, just talking to both Tyler after the game, Josh Gaddis, Mario Cristobal, it, well, do you, did you get a sense of why he looked so much better in this game than, than he did in the first four weeks of the season? Well, he passed more. Yeah, they 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 ran more. You know, um, they did a lot more. The, just like I said, of the up tempo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Will Mallory came on really strong. Uh, you know, yeah, I think he had eight catches, a career high for 115 yards. Because his, I mean, it's it's not it's not just Tyler. Guys drop balls. They drop balls. I think Jalen dropped another ball last game. Yeah. I mean. But Will came on really strong. Um, you know, they're trying to get the, the the receivers. They're trying to improve the receivers. Um, just, um, I mean, that the pass blocking is not bad. It's their run blocking that's not good. So, I, you know, every everything t- together uh, made made Tyler, you know, made it a more successful passing game, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on a similar note, we can pivot really quickly here. Cause another guy that I think we were both pretty alarmed by the way the offense looked um, through the first couple of weeks of the season. And we're kind of worried about what Josh Gaddis was trying to implement here. Um, obviously the run game, as you mentioned, was still terrible um, and, and kind of like stunning how bad it's been considering how good it looked the first right. couple of weeks of the season. And even against, not just against Bethune-Cookman and Southern Miss, against Texas A&M, they ran for more than five yards of carry. Um, but where, how are you feeling about Josh Gaddis now after seeing, I know Miami still only scored 24 points, but seeing that what they are running, there's still that Tyler Van Dyke in there. And I think that was the thing that worried us most was that whatever they, what they were doing was, you know, it made Tyler Van Dyke combination of a lot of things obviously and, and he's not devoid of blame but um the offense was making Tyler Van Dyke the strength of this offensive weakness so how, how how different are you feeling about Josh Gaddis after that at North Carolina game I'm, 
if he keeps doing the same thing and plays to Miami's strengths, if 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 in a certain game you can't run the ball, then you know, then you've got to pass it. So I I mean I'm feeling I want I I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I you know, I really like Brett Lashley because everything worked out real well last year for Tyler, but um I'm hoping that and I and I like Gaddis too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I I just hope that he's that they're not so stubborn as they want a certain style and whether it fits that day or that you know the personnel they go with it they force it um you know yeah I think I think that's what was most frustrating about what we saw in the first few weeks of the season um I get the idea even if I I kind of just my philosophies toward offense are like you should basically be throwing it a ton and you know I, I joke about it whenever I watch the Bills. I'm like, why do they even try to run? Like, if you have a quarterback like that, wide receivers like that, and can uh, spread things out and hit deep balls like that, like, why ever run? Um, but and why I run get, if they're not gaining any yards running? Right. I mean, right. And and when you can throw and you know pass passing is just more obviously to be cut. The run game sets of the pass, blah, blah, blah. but statistically, passing is right. much more efficient than running in fo- in modern football. Um, like, but I, I ultimately I get the idea that they want to have this. You know, it's Mario's philosophy. He's a no line guy. He recruits offensive linemen really well. Down the road, you know what Josh Gaddis is trying to implement here is clearly what Mario Cristobal wants. And based on his yeah. history as a recruiter, it's what will suit Miami's roster theoretically very well in two to three years. But just doesn't right now. And um, I get that you want to like, you don't want to change your offense every year, right? Because right. it's just not feasible. Like you, you have to have an identity that carries over from year to year to recruit, to build continuity, right. to develop. Um, but right now they just can't run that. And Miami, I, it's so yeah. early, you know, how many guys, how many guys on this roster are quote Cristobal guys, what he recruited about 10 of them and pulled about 18 through the portal or something like that. Like that's a quarter of the roster. Like you've got a, I know you've got, you got to ease into the identity that you're trying to get. Um, and I think, I, I think people kind of took that Gaddis quote out of context on Monday. Right. Where it's like, we can't, we threw the ball way too much. Um, like if there are going to be some games where they're going to throw it like that, because it's kind of how they're going to win. They just would ideally not like to have to do that, but they clearly they showed they'll do it. If that's what it takes. Yeah. I mean, but you know what, David, when they got to the goal line, I guess in the second quarter or whatever that was, and they, and they had four chances from the two starting mm-hmm. with one at the two yard line. Yeah. Right. And uh, Thad Franklin ran for one yard, one yard. Yep. Okay, you start getting nervous already. That's fine. All right, now they're at the, the now they're at the one yard line. They had three opportunities from the one yard line, and you know the first one was a Tyler Van Dyke sneak, gotten nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. The second one was a, I think Parish, uh, and he just got. There's no push by the offensive yeah. line. Like they just, they don't move. They just boom, stay right there. And then the fourth down, Tyler 
basically almost got killed by this defensive lineman, uh, you know, who was in his face, um, uh, like as he threw, he had a backup, backup, throw off bound. I mean, there was no way, there was no way, you know, they just, it was just a train wreck and it was very frustrating. You know, I mean, I, they're, 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 I'm looking at their, their offensive, their red zone offense is, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, is is bad. Miami's <laughs> Virginia Tech is yeah. 112th in red zone defense, right? And I said this about. Remember, I said this. Did I say this about North Carolina that they were really bad at red zone yeah. defense? Miami had a chance. I think even worse. Virginia Tech's 112th. Miami is 73rd. Oops, in red zone red zone offense. And oh, I got to got to get a piece of paper here. Um. Sorry about that. They've entered the red zone, opponents' red zones 28 times, 17 touchdowns Miami's gotten with six field goals. Yeah. Um, and they've relinquished the ball in the red zone three times on downs. That's the worst. That yeah. is so frustrating to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like I said, so. uh, that was thinking back to the last season where they lost to a Conference USA team with the, the Dan Enos offense. That's why he was one and done, was because. That team was terrible in the red zone, terrible on third down. And um, right. it's, you know, I, I think like a lot of like math minded people would tell you a lot of it is kind of luck, right? Like Miami can get one yard all the time. That's just, it's the luck. But I, I think that the play, when your best player is your quarterback, um, got to let him make more than one play. I know he had a sneak, like you said, but like, I, I get, you know, try to run up the middle. I get it. Like it's should work, right? Like this just should work. That's how football works. Um, but when your best guys, your quarterback, and obviously Miami has struggled as Mario Cristobal has said a couple of times with teams putting extra guys in the box. That's when the offensive, I think middle Tennessee did right. that and North Carolina copied yes. it. Just knowing that Miami can't run against that. Well, you know what happens when you run, line up in a goal line package on a, on second and goal from the one yard line, there's a lot of guys in the box and Miami's clearly struggling with that. So I think, yeah, there's um, nowhere to go. Yeah. So I, I think if Tyler is on fire, like he was, and, and we've seen that it's not, you know, it was maybe one of the best games of his career, obviously on Saturday, but not like a total outlier. Like he's had crazy passing days like that before. Um, right. If he's doing that, you got to let him kind of got to let him cook down in the, the red zone to keep playing to your strengths. Don't, don't change too much of, your identity um, when you get, you know, you should ideally a football team has that same offensive identity for 95 yards on the football field, right? If you're pinned in your own five yard line, yeah, you got to run it or whatever, but you don't want to have a different identity between the twenties. And then when you get inside the goal line, it feels like that could be where this is trending. Obviously Tyler has not been that good all year. So it's a, we have one game to, to base it on, but keep letting him cook. Right.
mean, okay. I, uh, the defense, Kevin Steele. Um, we we talked when we did the panic meter. Uh, he was a guy that I think, um, you know, the Middle Tennessee game was so weird where they were really solid defensively, basically, except for like four of the worst breakdowns you'll ever see. Um, mm-hmm. I was really worried when uh, North Carolina's first drive went, what, three plays and ended with a 74-yard touchdown pass. Um, but after mm-hmm. that, they held North Carolina to 27 points, which is, um, you know, teams have not and, really done that this year. And six points in the second half, yeah. two field goals. I do you mean, think, they, do you think they, they've turned a corner there? Do you think they figured something out? Or is yeah, it just I, luck of the draw, like no, luck of the sequencing? Luck. I don't think it's luck. I, 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 I'm a Kevin Steele fan. I, I, right now I am at least. uh, And um, I think he's taught them. I I don't, he talked about the players and the players talk being, and so did Mario being uptight um, for some reason, whatever. And then Corey flag talked about when, uh, when, when Kevin Steele talked to them at halftime, he kind of, you know, calm them down and he's, you know, whatever. I, I, I think they know what they did wrong. James Williams was going on and on. People were trying to be heroes, whatever. I think they've been taught the right way. I, um, I'm not panicked about it. I, I'm not. And, and he also he let loose the defensive, the, the ends, defensive ends, mm-hmm. um, where, where they weren't as much, I guess the first half. And it was, uh, it worked. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, May, the quarterback from North Carolina, that was the most, I'm sure, the most pressured or whatever he's been. I think they were upset about that. He was upset about that. So um, he got sacked five times in that game, four times in the second half. I, I, No, I'm not panicked about the defense. Not yet. Yeah, I think the reason we were uh... – less hard on Kevin Steele two weeks ago when we did this initial exercise than we were on Josh Gaddis is because um, Miami's defense was really bad last year. So like what, you know, he had a much lower baseline to work from. Um, and honestly through three weeks of the season, the defense looked very, very good. I thought. Um, and then just out of nowhere, put together like an historically bad performance against middle Tennessee. Um, so, you know, four, four out of five weeks in this season, I think the defense is, done the four out of five weeks in this season the defense has done enough for this team to win um cannot say the same for the offense i don't think uh but yeah i think i think the personnel is is it's kind of you know i I, we talk about what the offense playing the strengths i think the defense uh, one thing i think middle tennessee was what, what do we think miami strength is on defense right now probably their defensive line just the bodies they can rotate in there um but Middle Tennessee can counter that with the quick passing. And I, I, I think we saw that in a game where this where it becomes a shootout like that, and I know it was only 27-24, but just the amount of dropbacks for both teams and teams that want to chuck the field, ball down the field, it suits this defense a little bit better. Yeah, and I, I mean, other than the safeties or a safety screwing up last, last week, I, you know, I'd say the safeties – or strong too. Cam Kinchins is having a good season. Mm-hmm. I know he he messed up on the coverages last week on the big touchdown, and he got beat. He was everybody. It looked like Tyreek Stevenson to all of us. I mean, he was, but but Cam Kinchins did not do the right thing on the on a couple of plays, and also the long. I think fifty two yards. So there was a long 
another long pass that led to a score that cam did the same thing. yeah so i i mean yeah i i don't know i get the feeling that the defense is going to be is is going to do okay I'm a little worried about the offensive line i know you wrote about that um because i don't i there's no way well justice i don't think so the right guard justice Olivashone, yeah, sounds like he won't play this weekend, which would probably yeah, not Logan Sungapolu into the starting lineup. Does not yeah, sound like Zion Nelson's going to play. No, it doesn't it definitely doesn't sound like Nelson's going to play. And so now they're getting thin there. And yeah, for the first few weeks of the season, I think we were like, you know, like this team, they were faring pretty well without Zion Nelson. You're kind of feeling his absence now a little bit, where especially with Justice out. I mean, you would love to be able to have John Campbell and Nelson as your tackles with Scafe as your right guard right now, I think. Like, I'm sure. Definitely. Like, that yeah. could be the that could be the plan eventually. And Ja'Kai uh, Clark, let's not forget. And let's not forget, Ja'Kai Clark, I understand he says he's fine. I, I, I don't know how fine he is. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he was hurt, obviously. He's dinged up in some capacity. Yeah. Not so, 100%. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's several players like that, but that's the way it goes this time of year and they have no weeks off you know no more weeks off they which really stinks so Mm -hmm. all right last one uh mario cristobal um again two and three which is not unusual for sadly not unusual for a first year miami coach um we've, we've seen it before um yep i think we came out of you know the middle tennessee game again like we said like bad 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 as bad as it gets basically but I think the way seeing the way the team responded and didn't quit, like you said, which has happened, I think that was like that's a test that Mario Cristobal had to pass a little bit, and he at least passed that. I think on on Saturday. Yeah, me too. I I, I don't think he's lost the team. I, I which, you know, which when... like it's it's a low bar, but it's a low bar that a lot of Miami coaches haven't cleared lately. It really is true. I, I, you know, that that's, that's where you got to really worry. That's when the panic meter goes way up. Once mm-hmm. the kids, you know, and you can tell on the sideline, you can tell if they keep fighting till the end, yeah. you know? Um, but once they give up, uh, it's, it's going to be very tough. So you just got to hope that they get a few wins in there. And, um, but I, I don't get this. I, Mario has not lost his team. Let's yeah, that and it, and that especially means done, something because he's, he's a first gonna, year coach, right? Like when you have your guys in there, the guys that you recruited, they trust you. These are guys who Manny Diaz or Mark Richt recruited, and they buy into what he's saying. And um, you know, his recruiting class is still together. You got to win games eventually, right? Like, I mean, we can, if Miami goes four and eight by the end of the year, we're not going to be like, "Wow, great job by Mario Cristobal to keep this thing together," but. Um, but for now it's, you know, we all knew it was going to be patience. I didn't, I think we thought this year was going to go better than it was, but I talked about it last week or two weeks ago that like the, the problem this program has had more than any other, I think is just the rotating coaches, the give a coach three years, he's out like the, the constant culture changes. Um, I mean, Mario is like, because of the contract he has is not going to be victim to that. I don't expect, but. I think more than ever that that patience feels warranted with what he's doing. And the other thing is he's got a, a nice stretch coming up here where he can win some ball games yeah. and he's got to, he's got to start stringing together some wins. 
exactly right yep and i think he will i mean he could win three in a row right now yeah <laughs> famous last words but, i know um, yeah well, we will we'll, again like if they lose yeah. this week that's we'll be we'll probably have a different tone like, all over again thinking. yeah yeah if they lose this week we'll probably have an all <laughs> totally different tone next week yes but, we will but uh i think for now we're i don't know it feels less less uh dire than it did a couple of weeks ago and and we're going to give them the shit we're giving the Which, opportunity yes, to write the ship and that's unusual after a loss yes yeah 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 so that he gets a chance to write the ship here obviously no one's firing him after five games no one's firing him after one year um it's it's it a little different i keep going back to the 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 manny diaz's first season where they lost to middle or where they lost to uh FIU the difference with that season was that happened late in the year right like that team was supposed to be like Manny's establishes culture all that kind of stuff um not to excuse they lost to middle Tennessee but when Miami lost to FIU that year there wasn't a lot of time to write the ship right they were just trying to get a bowl game um they weren't going to get a high profile bowl game this year there's, there's a lot of time to write the ship and if Miami runs the table the rest of the way after losing three in a row early in the year um like yeah people are still going to be upset about losing to middle tennessee um but it'll be a, no, no. a lot more no. a lot more of a distant memory if that'll be a good year they yeah exactly you and clemson are you kidding? oh yeah i forgot about clemson all right i'll, I'll, I'll throw out the clemson on game, the road so. that's throw, a good year yeah there, there's still a, very, a lot of ways very good yeah there's still a lot of ways for this season to be um an acceptable season not a incredible season but an acceptable debut season and um i think the north carolina game showed us that it's not that crazy it's not that crazy to believe all right um we'll wrap things up there you can follow susan on twitter at s miller degnan uh she will be up in virginia for miami virginia tech um check out miamiherald.com and all of her coverage there uh, you can follow me on twitter at dv wilson too um I'll be back on my couch watching this one, which I didn't get to do Where's, last week. So maybe I'll throw in some, some commentary from, from, from afar. <laughs> How cold is it? It's, it's, you know, it's actually good... very nice. And I mean, it's kind of rainy right now, um, but it's like oh. mid sixties. Very nice. Wow. Really? Great, great I, okay, fall so weather in New York. I think the Long game Island. is, that's nice. I think, yeah. I, I think the game is going to be mid sixties or something like that. But in the morning it's, it might be in the thirties or 40s wherever i don't know it's a little too chilly for me but i that's october in the northeast mid-atlantic's pretty nice once it gets to november it gets a little cold october pretty good all right uh thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys next week